It's season seven, episode eight of the Gooners Pod, and tonight is a very special episode where we feature two of the many, many men that Magic Mike has gently, adoringly, and tenderly watched sleep in his secret lairs in the Highbury area over the years. So peaceful, so soft, so, so in need of a proctologist. <laughs> Welcome to the Gooners Pod. Once upon a time. Way back when there were only 9,000 Arsenal podcasts, five young men from various backgrounds, an Irish kid with a horrible haircut, a young Jewish nerd who hadn't discovered food yet, a child from Hemel Hempstead who didn't want to be English no more, a handsome advertising magnate with impeccable judgment, and a young Mexican AC Milan fan hatched a plan to take over the world of Arsenal podcasts. And these boys became men. Jared. Mikey. Ewan. Magic. And Andy. And the rest, my friends, is history. And now, all these years later, you tune in every so often to hear their incredible takes, their football knowledge, and their sensual advice. But now, it's gone too far. You, our fans, are at long last witness to season... Seven! 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 Welcome to the Gooners Pod. Hello, everybody. Oh, Tom's face. I mean, I, I know it's kind of... It's kind of repetitive to start the pod every single day talking about how our guest is a, is adapting to the uh, the entry video, the entrance video. But it, it, until it becomes part of just you know common lore, I, lo- I I snapped a picture of Tom watching the intro video, and I'm going to try to upload it in just a second. But uh, <laughs> it's the picture of Andy. Like he look, he doesn't look like he's aged since he's like been five years old. <laughs> that's my favorite. That's my favorite part. He doesn't want to be English no more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and good to see you again. How's how's the, how's the little babe? How's the fetus? Hello there. I've, I've watched the Obi One thing, so I, had, I need to say that. Um, yeah, good. Everybody's good. I'm tired, but no, everybody's no. Nah, they're they're all bastards. Let's face it. And uh, two girls. I think I'll go one more time. And if I don't have a boy, I'm just giving up. Fuck that. Imagine having three girls or four girls. Or, nah. You got a, you got another one in you? You think? I'm trying to catch up with Mike Hernandez, so it's a it's a running competition at the minute. He's he's about thirty ahead. Yeah, that's not easy. That's not easy to do. Uh, Tom, how's the fetus doing? Meeting you. What? <laughs> I was going to say you know more than me, but oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I, what was yeah, I doing nine months ago? I'm different or... after that intro. Yeah. <laughs> Wedding plans in full swing. I mean, you, you got two months left now to figure out a way out of this. And yeah, I don't mean out of the wedding. I mean out, out of the guest list is what I'm referring to. <laughs> I mean, I've got what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, fifteen, twenty-six things left to do. So yeah, 
<laughs> so that was an actual list then. That, that yeah, it's like I've got a genuine like list on my phone of all the things <laughs> that I've got to do. One of them is order sweets. I'm going to read out some of these. Uh, buy more A5 frames. It's another one. Um, collect log slices. That's a personal favorite. Log slices. Log slices. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, I just I just cut a few of those myself. Buy <laughs> uh, presents for best men. Still got to do that. They don't know they're getting it, but they don't watch the Gooners pods, so I think they'll be. Fine. It's it's enough of a it's enough of an honor just to be invited. That you don't have to get me a present. <laughs> so um, I can't wait. I mean, I, this is going to be the event of the summer. My wife and I are just over the moon about it. We 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 wake up every morning just smiling at each other, adoringly in bed, saying, "I can't wait until this wedding." Um, am I allowed to wear a yarmulke? What is like, that? Uh, is that the the hat? Yes, it's the skull cap yeah. traditionally worn in Jewish environments. But, uh, skull, that's, that's skull cap makes it sound way cooler than a yarmulke actually is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yarmulkes are cool AF, dude. Don't 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 front about yarmulkes. Come on. I didn't. I just I have never worn well, one. Mainly because my hair just wouldn't allow for it. I don't think because it's just like it's like a buffer. Like, it's so I much. might I might start wearing one because I'm getting like that shitty little ball spot on the back of my head now. So yeah, yarmulke yeah. probably do me wonders, man. It's perfect. It's much better than a comb over. And um, and I have just enough time in these two months to start growing out my sideburns and show up at this bitch thinking that I was, you know, acting like I thought it was a bar mitzvah. So um, when they get to the part, and this is the last thing about the wedding, when they get to I the part. I actually thought we were going to spend the whole pods talking about it at this point. Well, that's you know, I, 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 I do think that's why our audience is ticked a little bit higher than normal because, uh, because of the wedding talk. But uh, the part where they ask the, the fateful question, you know, is there anyone in the audience today that can come up with a reason why these two should not I be married? I swear, if you say anything, I would <laughs> gut punch you so hard. So hard. I promise you, I'm not going to say anything, but, but I do, I am going to have a video ready to be played. And here's the video. I'm about to enter Georgia. I have just entered Georgia. Georgia, the peach state. A state so beautiful that Tom Canton decided to marry it. See, it's a happy ending. It's a happy ending, though, because oh. I, end, I end it with the with the profession of love between the two of you that is just so special, and the reason that we're all gathered here today. We have got a wager in the in the Gunners Pod group chat as to whether you're going to shed a tear at the altar or not. Are you an emotional guy? Do you think? No, I'm not. I'm not. She's she's convinced that I I'll, I will cry. Like, or actually, no, crack? she's not convinced I'll cry. She's she's trying to convince. She's trying to will it into existence that I will cry, <laughs> but I I won't. I know I I'm not an emotional person. I mean. The last oh, time I'm trying to think the last yeah. time I cried was maybe it was when 500 Spurs fans attacked my Twitter account. Maybe that was <laughs> transition <laughs> seamless. I don't know. What about I, that? I, yeah. So, so what, you were crying what, in your sleep that night that I took the picture. So, uh, I don't, or, or maybe that was Owen. <laughs> my body just knew I was. Someone was there. <laughs> Did you know? So you know, in that moment that you talked about with like, when is there anyone that has anything they'd like to say? <laughs> You know that if anyone actually says something, they have to stop the wedding and you have to like postpone the wedding. Don't do they really do that? Like, no one did that at our wedding. I didn't realize that was actually still a Yeah, wedding. it's I like a stone. I found out the other day and I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to have to postpone the wedding. Someone, you, you don't know how many wind up merchants are going to this wedding. Like, oh God, so I'll, be, I'll be a good company. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, perfect. Um, we were sort of talking beforehand, Tom, about this piece that you put out 
today was it it gained yeah. a, a lot of traction not from the fan base it maybe wasn't intended i'm not sure whether you had the idea in your head that it was potentially you know poking a beehive with the spurs yeah, fans. Look, G- give us a bit of background about what the piece was and, and the kind of response that you received yeah well i mean just a glimpse behind the curtain you know part of my job is when i log on to do my eight hour shift at fl is that we come up with ideas for some pieces you know um because me bailey and chris who've done the fan brand side of things it's kind of our job to 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 create some more organic content based around kind of you know just something interesting so today's piece was about the idea that despite spurs finishing above us if we end up having a better window than them the whole idea of, of finishing in those champions league places isn't redundant but it's certainly i think you know, if you'd have asked me, would I rather have got into the Champions League last season or had a window that transforms Arsenal into a side that will near guarantee Champions League for the for the foreseeable future? You know, I lean towards that because, you know, with Arsenal, there's no other guarantees that they're going to sign the right players because of history. And with Arsenal and Spurs, they're not positioned to challenge at this point for the Champions League. So I want to position Arsenal in the best place possible for the long-term future of success. So this window, I was, you know, bricking it after we missed out on the Champions League because I thought we were going to, you know, just cock up the window, basically. Um, and so I did this piece around that. Uh, and the tweet was, um, which, you know, you've you got to put a tweet out that's, that's going to, you know, draw a little bit of attention. Uh, and the the tweet was Football Spurs champion. never does that. I mean, there's, there's never <laughs> any kind of you know, high, uh, tweets or, or, or headlines that are meant to We can go into that. We can go into that if you want. Um, <laughs> I was, someone DM'd me the other day saying, it's like, Tom, I love your content, but my God, I hate the way you tweet them out. And I was like, I was trying to explain like the idea behind a headlines, like a book cover, like the cut, you, you don't buy a book for its front cover because it tells you everything that happens in the book you, you know it's it's teases the story but anyway so the tweet was spurs champions league qualification victory over arsenal appears short uh appears short-lived should gunners win the window arsenal lead the race of both gabriel jesus and Rafinha. and so far now i've just checked over 500 spurs fans <laughs> <laughs> have replied or commented or quoted that tweet with just most of them are just vitriolic abuse. A lot of just like laughing emojis and stuff. But yeah, um, it's just been quite the day where I've had to mute my Twitter basically today. Um, <laughs> the thing is that I have access to three Twitter accounts, which is my personal one, the the Guna Talk one, and then the Football London Arsenal account where I then tweet out my articles from. And sometimes I'll retweet Ooh. my pieces off of that. And I, just, I, I did that third one. That, that could I, be useful later. Well, I didn't retweet it off the Football London one because I was like, if I retweet this off the Football London one, obviously it's, it's you know, got 100 odd thousand followers. It's going to, it might go mad and Spurs fans might say, little do I know, apparently it doesn't matter. You know, they, they'll find you. They will find you. It doesn't matter. So, yeah. Um, do, do, do you not reckon yeah. that maybe, like, I'm trying to sort of play a devil's advocate here slightly. And it's that when we talk about maybe, and we'll delve into these players in a little more detail later on. But the, do you think that it's potentially the fact that Arsenal fans are already almost standing as if we've had this fantastic window when yet Gabriel Jesus isn't over the line, the Rafinha deal is still sort of at its very early stages. Do you think that potentially this sort of um, tarring over the business that Tottenham Hotspurs have done um, is slightly premature? 
Yeah, absolutely. Like we haven't we haven't done it yet. Now Jesus is, you know, to the best of my understanding, it's a case of when, not if now, which is great. Um, but it's until he's up on the Arsenal website, you know, uh <laughs> anything can happen still. Um Rafinha is is a little bit different, of course, because it's really up in the air. There's been some interesting lines on whether or not Arsenal have made this second bid. Um, this is the silly season where a lot of accounts use the hype of the transfer window to just basically preempt what is going to happen. You know, Arsenal are going to go back in with a second bid at some point for Rafinha. It may have happened, it may not. There's been I've not heard anything or seen any credible sources come out of that at this stage. But it's quite an easy thing to predict. And you can, you looking at lots of articles, kind of guess the kind of figures that it's going to be. So obviously that makes it quite easy to write up a story or write up a tweet that just says Arsenal have now bidded. And then when it, you know, when it comes out, actually it's pretty darn close to the reality and the athletic or, you know, uh, my colleagues at football London or somewhere else reports on it, that it will go mad. Um, And that person will get all the credit when they just guests, you know, a fairly educated guest. So, you know, it'd be interesting, but uh, yeah, I think that there's a case of, there's a lot of hypotheticals right now and that's, but it's great. I mean, I've never seen the hype around the window as much as I have this one. It's mad this summer. Um, I mean, it's imagine doing a show every morning about it because it's chaos. It's absolutely chaos. <laughs> well, that's yeah. what I wanted to. I, I kind of wanted to get into a little bit because I mean, we've known you. I, I've been blessed to know you now for seven years, six, six, blessed. seven years, six years. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, I've watched you turn from a you know from a you know from a, a blooming like from a what a caterpillar into a beautiful butterfly. And um, you've been borrowing Owen's books <laughs> and, and um, you know, your, your career right now. I mean, he, here's, here's a video about your career. <laughs> I mean, and, and as a result, <laughs> you're on, you're, you're just on fire right now. And I just want to say how, how proud oh I am God. that you, you know that you haven't thrown Owen and I and the rest of the guys, in, you know, in into the rearview mirror yet. You you still remember the homies from the original days, uh, you know, when you were building your 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 internet presence. So I just wanted to say, you know, even though I'm old enough to be your grandfather, I think <laughs> you, you you just really made us proud. And um, thanks, man. And and you know. If your career hadn't gone to the levels that it had so far, I would not have been able to make those videos. And, mm. and ultimately, that's really what I'm most happy about. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's mad, isn't it? But um, I remember hard work, the, what... hard work, consistency, genuineness, genuosity, um, and, uh, and and hard work. I don't know if I mentioned that. That gets yeah. you places sometimes, and you know, it's it, it's been a nice pleasant watch to see you rise to the level where you you know you are getting literally thousands and thousands of people interested in the things you have to say and the and the takes that you have um in what i consider to be an organic way rather than in a sensationalistic way and we don't need to name the people who have built ridiculous you know channels and audiences just by being the the puppet master of of you know of of negativity and screaming and yelling all the time so i it, there's there's only a couple of people that have done it the way that you have uh i'd put harry in that category i'd put mm. Soph, although some people see Soph as being negative i don't see her that way at all i see her yeah yeah, yeah. but you know the, the hard work 
the hard work results in a nice audience thing. And that's why we have almost no audience because we're, we've missed the hard work. Part. <laughs> no, like, um, I think one of the, one of the things that I've learned is one of the, one of the myths about it is that, you know, the whole who you know and what you know side of things, you know, yes, who you know is important in so many aspects, but you know, I didn't get my break with 101 before I went to FL because of who I knew, you know, that came from emailing every site on the planet every day. Is there a space? Do you have some, this is while I was teaching, you know, is there anything going here? And, you know, without, I suppose I should, I'm revealing information about it, but you know, at first it was a case of the offering was below the UK minimum wage. And, you know, I was going from teaching and whilst anyone who is a teacher will know what you get paid in teaching is not reflective of the work that teachers do. It's insane. Um, but it's, it's a very decent wage, you know, being a teacher in just the grand scheme of jobs. Um, you know, you, you're talking base rate, uh, you go in, you know, mid twenties and you can progress through to, to late twenties fairly early on in, in kind of that career. And to, to risk that, especially when I'd literally just got a house with the missus, you know, we just literally started paying a mortgage. Thankfully, you know, she she had a promotion at the time where I wanted to jump out and I got this offer from 101, but it was still a case of going down to absolute minimum. You know, I had to fight to, to keep it at, at minimum and then work in six out of seven days um, rather than five out of seven days and 13 weeks of holiday throughout the week, which is which was nice as a teacher, you know, having that much time off. But you certainly earn it. But yeah, it was it, that that year before I went to FL was was really hard. Um, but it was a case of you get your foot in the door um, and you just do what you got to do. Um, and it wasn't just Arsenal. You know, I was writing about Real Madrid, Barcelona, Chelsea, Man United, Spurs. Um, <laughs> you know, tough. Yeah, hard. Ten, because Ten dossiers about, about uh, Zobosly <laughs> and Asensio. Well, you know, I interviewed Zobosly in that job. So, and that How again just that? comes from... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's that's mental, isn't it? Like when you think about it, it's, it's, it's crazy. It wasn't like a case of speaking to him one-on-one. It went through like a press officer and, and stuff like that, as, as often is. But, you know, there there were a lot of one-on-one interviews that just kind of happened because of you sending emails and, you know, you build up a contact base. And that's how now where I am now, where I, you, you do get a little bits of tidbits of information dropped through because you've built up that content base. And, you know, there's some young players that I spoke to that I reckon, you know, in, in four or five years' time, are going to be worth, you know, 30, 40, 50 million in the market. And I'll be able to look back on that interview and go, wow, you know, spoke to like Gonzalo Ramos is one I remember in particular who's at Benfica right now. Um, ironically, he's one of the people that I got, I don't know if you remember this, that we did um, that collective message to the members at TGT. And we got that little six second clip saying, you're a legend. And I got Gonzalo Ramos to just turn around and say like, you're a legend. I can't remember who it was, but yeah, I've got him. I've got Ralph Prizo at Toronto FC. Um who else? Who was another one? Um, that's another uh, Theo Corbin at Wolves, the, the Canadian international, you know. So it's just I hope, I so random. I'm going to assume that you have some sort of organized, like what, I mean, I'm showing my age here, but calling it a Rolodex, but like some sort of, what, what, um, you know, a, a, a little black book of your context. Because really, the, and it is little, you know, in the context of like, you know, your Chris Wheatley's, your, your Charles Watts's, your David Ornstein's, you know, it's little. You start out and you're you're battling to try and get any kind of reputation. Um, you're battling to try and show what you can do. But, you know, there's there's like, it, it's, it is amazing how quickly you can still build up stuff. Um, you know, 
talking a lot with with Ben Jacobs at CBS Sports. He's been the nicest guy in the world, like to talk to. He's such a kind person. Um, you know, Kaya and, and Chris. When I went to FL, um, I was blown you know. away about with Kaya. Kaya Kaya's like my Kaya's great <laughs> person, man. Like, like, I, like when you I thought I'm other, tall, when you meet Kaya, he's huge. <laughs> he is, well, he's, he's tall, but he's so nice. I mean, so much but, fun too. But see, all those names you mentioned there, Tom, um, the likes of Ornstein and and Watts and Wheatley and and everything. Mm. And uh, funny, we actually had a conversation in in our uh, group today. Uh, we were talking about the pod tonight and i was actually mentioning that i think that we all think uh, that you're probably the best on the platform at definitely 100 percent holding a show individually and doing those solo shows and i would say that you have something that even those guys don't have they may have their black books full of these huge contacts but you have the ability to uh, systemically break down teams to tactically break down players and how that they're going to be put in and i suppose the question i wanted to ask you which even for me being a meteor is still something i don't know you're famous for these consistent 8 a.m shows every single morning and i'm there every morning it suits me perfect i start to drive to work at eight o'clock in the morning so that's what i'm listening to every morning what's the preparation like for those shows because i one of the things i said you said to mike was your ability again to hold a show on your own to never have dead air to never have awkward time on the mic how planned is it how scripted is it is it is it off the cuff tell me about from from the very um from the very adolescence of when you start to plan a show for the next morning your, your process that you go through um obviously it helps that the, my entire day every day is is dedicated to you know the arsenal news so you know i'm always up to date with what's going on so I don't have to script anything. You know, everything that I say on the shows is just me talking. Um, I mean, I was on the Arsenal Lounge with the boys the other day and Shaheen just said, can you just give us a rundown of all the ins and outs? And, you know, in five minutes, just wrapped up everything from, you know, from Jesus all the way down to Daniel Ballard sort of thing, just because I'm constantly reading it. So, yeah, uh, the, the, the routine is the missus obviously works in London, so she gets up very early in the morning anyway. Her alarm goes off around half six, so I'm, I'm usually up. I am a morning person anyway. Like I don't, I'm not your grouchy man in the morning. Um, I don't need a coffee or a tea to wake me up. You know, I'm just, I'm fine in the mornings. It's usually the evenings where I'm actually a little bit more grouchy. But uh, uh, yeah, just get up, uh, head on and, and check through Twitter. You know, I've got a lot of kind of notifications on for a lot of, Arsenal accounts to just see if I've missed anything that are very good at keeping us up to date with stuff. Um, and, and, you know, it's the usual suspects and scroll through that, scroll through uh, the, actually the TGT discord is great for it as well. Um, Cause we've got like a transfer tab in the TGT discord and those guys are insane. Like they see it, they put it straight in there. You know, it's, uh, it's become, it's not something that was intentionally there. It's just become a bit. It's of like a, you've got a whole bank of interns now. As well. I actually had, I actually, I'm not even, I had to leave. It was draining the battery my phone and the notifications <laughs> going off it was the same you can turn them off continued. the notifications you don't have to I've, have I've, done, I've done that because it was just i mean it's just insane but again you, you built a community of people who are you know like-minded but not as you love to talk about a, an echo chamber it's it's uh you know i i wish i had more time to spend in there because there's really a lot of great things going on in there it's just i know that i would just get sucked in and 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 never be able to get out and i'm already too i mean I'm glad my, my wife is in the room right now, uh, but and, and she's hearing how into Arsenal you are now. Now it is your profession, so I guess <laughs> that's a difference. But yeah, um, but you know, do you dream about Arsenal? Do you? I mean, like, do you wake um, up? I like, guess the first thing when you wake up about 
G or is it about A? <laughs> <laughs> it, it depends what terms we went to sleep on the night before. <laughs> um, no, to be fair, I, I genuinely try to switch off from Arsenal when I'm not podding or working as much as I can. Like, obviously, I have my phone and notifications turned on for for everything in case anything dropped. But I I really try to detach. Like, that's why I do watch, you know, like Love Island and stuff like that, because it's just it's just awful. And I'm going to swear because I can can on this show. You know, it's just awful shit. Like, you know, it's shit TV that just helps me to detach from it. Um, and I think that that helps a lot. Um, you know, I've got a great group of lads as well that are mental. And, and you'll meet them, Mike, at the wedding and stuff, that they are just mad. Um, and the group chat with them lot is, is just helps you to track. Because it's during the season, it's helped because there's a fair few Spurs fans in that group. Um, unfortunately, one of my best men is associated with You have with them a group well. chat that Owen and I are not in? That's not cool. I, to be fair, I try and limit the group chats I have to three. I think it's something like three, four. No, Andy, four. I have four. Andy used chats. to get so upset at me because, like, I, I would drag him into you know every single group chat yeah. with every single guest we were having. I'm pretty like, sure I've got three group chats group with just chat. me and Mike in them. Oh, <laughs> but no, I, I don't. I can't remember last time I've never had like, an ask. I wouldn't I have a Discord just just for the two of us with like yeah. eight different chat rooms. Just memes, yeah, yeah. But no, I don't think I've ever had a. Oh, no, I don't think I've had a dream about Arsenal. It might seem mad, but I can't think off the top of my head. I've had a dream, a genuine dream, because I just try and detach that much. That yeah, yeah. I can't think of the last. Do, thing do, I do, about. do you ever get fed up? Do, do you ever get fed up with it all though? Because surely that's one of the things that we don't get, or you know, oh, is the fact sure. that you. you you don't get to. <laughs> I call them whatever I want to call them, babe. Um, no, you don't get to switch off. Is there ever mornings mm. where you wake up and that enthusiasm just isn't there, and you're like, oh, "Shit, I'm not another fucking day of Arsenal again." Um, not necessarily. The the tra- I love transfers, so transfers is not that bad. But you know, the end of the season where we, um, when we missed out on Champions League, that was really tough. Um, because you know, at the end of a season, um. <laughs> Such why 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 absolutely no need. I think that means something um, different in Iceland than it does. I, I, no, it no, surely no, I must it do. I hope so. But he, he followed that up with a comment before that that was just Tom get wet. So I yeah I yeah that know. one I thought was a bit too far for the Gooners podcast. <laughs> I, mean, I gotta be honest. With you. Um yeah look I. Just, after the Champions League uh, miss, you know that was that was hard because usually at the end of the season, you know, a couple of years ago, I would just stop. I would just stop thinking about Arsenal. Um, but you can't because transfer season starts immediately, so you start immediately talking about it. There was a lot of debriefs, and you know, for me, the the Arsenal fan base at times, and you know, it's only a portion. It's it's a real challenge because every single day feels like a challenge to battle against what I think is is opinions that I just can't get my head around how they exist. That's sometimes things that I really struggle with, especially at after least, the season. At least you're not confrontational or... or um, you well, know, I can be, though. I, what, I don't want to sit here and try and be some like pariah of, of goodness. You know, I can be, and I bite Well, I was lot. being completely sarcastic, by the way. Um, oh, great. <laughs> at least when you when you do take issue with somebody, something someone says, you're not confrontational, you're not condescending. It's just, it's it's very easy. <laughs> and, uh, and that's Such what we love tech. about you. We're going to agree to disagree on that, Mike. You know? <laughs> <laughs> favorite, the last time that you weren't thinking about Arsenal, I have a picture of it um, <laughs> when you were a fetus. I'm really uh, curious who that actually is. What is, is, that fucking, that? is that a mermaid? That's when we. It looks like it. That's what. Oh, that person does not have legs. I'm. I'm very, very sorry. That was not cool. Um, 
So, so let's let's talk about uh, about transfers a little bit because we know that you're you know you're you're knee deep in these guys, um, and you know, I I also I, I I do have some spreadsheets and I will bring these up after we kind of talk about these players because I've been really diving into kind of what our wage bill is and what our transfer fee prorations are and stuff to to kind of compare where we were. Three month, three years ago, at the beginning of, of Tom's favorite word, the the, the process word, um, and I didn't bring my bell to the hotel room. I I, I failed everyone tonight, but um, but uh, to to where we are now, and it's a pretty interesting read. But but I want to talk about kind of these names first. So uh, I'm going to give you a partial list of players that I've heard we're going to sign. M- many of them came from your preview shows, uh, other Arsenal uh, uh, things as well. So we've got Tielemans, we've got Rafinha. We've got Gervinia, we've got Jesus, we've got Abraham, Noah, Ivan Tony, Tony the Tiger, Asensio, Nonsensio, um, the Butcher, the Candlestick Maker, Malenkovic Savage, Robbie Savage, uh, Zinchenko, Dean Malenko, Skamaka, Chamaka, Umtiti, and last but not least, my titty. Um, now, out of all of those, pick the ones that you think are most realistic and uh, and give us kind of the, the up-to-the-minute uh, of where we are on them. And, and uh, I mean, the one I'm most interested in is Tony the Tiger, i got to be honest with you. Well, your titties are definitely coming to North London this summer. <laughs> <laughs> I, think they're, I think part of them are still in, London, in North London. <laughs> on that kebab shop counter. <laughs> Oh man, the image. Um, now, in terms of who is Tillemans, does not look like it's a thing anymore. Um, yeah, that's that. Is that is really, that really, or or are they just kind of waiting because it's almost a done deal and they're going to come back and sweep them up? That's 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 the line the Athletics gone with, but that's not that's that's not what I was tipped off about before. Um, I mean, it makes it. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. Point. If there's um, anywhere I'm going to get a hotel bell, it should be a hotel. Yeah, bell. it should be. You should have nicked it. Stop, it it makes sense that. <laughs> it makes sense that 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 you know would be the case. You know, because Tiedemans was very keen to come to Arsenal, and Arsenal had no issue with personal terms with Tiedemans at all, and uh, haven't for a while. So um, we just haven't bid. You know, there's these stories that Leicester want more than than the 25 million, and you know maybe. You know, I've I've not heard anything to the contrary of that. Um, we just haven't put a bid in, you know, and there's a reason why you have to think, you know, if you if the player's not an issue and you've not yet put a bid in to, for Leicester to say that's not good enough, that's not high enough, you know, you have to start questioning why on earth you haven't put a bid in. But that deal seems pretty um at this point dead. It's not to say that it, you know, it couldn't towards the end of the window or later on in the window, you know, re-emerge. And there was a time where Arsenal's interest on Ramsdale looked to be calling at the end of last window and then within days, you know, that changed. So the transfer window changed very quickly. And Jesus is, that, is, a, is that because of Vieira or is there another No, 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 because they're very different players. You know, Arsenal have yeah. looked at Tillemans for a while. He was the priority. Arteta's admired the guy for such a long time and um they want that kind of player that can play where Xhaka plays but give you more progression than Xhaka gives so and they don't want you know they don't want the Pesuma type um they haven't been interested in going for a defensive mid that said you know the Lissandra Martinez link he can play there so perhaps they see him as someone that can um you know deputize in that role he's you know if you'd have I said 
I want that. I was going to say if you if you'd have said a player that um, would be a great buy, and you know if you really look into Lissandro Martinez and you look at him and you watch him and you look at his numbers, like they're mental. Like some of the numbers he produces are just insane. Like he doubles so many defensive stats that Gabriel does. And if you consider he's playing for Ajax, not a team that get dominated defensively too often, and yet his defensive numbers are just still so good. But you do know. You, do, does it not worry you, Tom? And, and sorry for jumping in, but mm. maybe this is just PTSD um, mm-hmm. from our history. <clears throat> when I look at you know the height and the stats and the, the style of the league and play, and correct me and tell me why I'm wrong, um, Shudgar Mustafi type vibes. I mean, Shudgar mm. Mustafi came in and had phenomenal stats uh, playing in La Liga. Why would Martinez not go down that same path where he struggles to adapt to the Premier League's pace and physicality? Would you say that Rob Holding is good in the air? Yes. And so still Rob Holding was beaten by Raheem Sterling at the back post from across. Look, at the end of the day, in the Premier League, if the delivery is good enough, it doesn't matter how tall you are, you will get beaten. You know, there are times where the ball is just too good to defend against. The difference is with Lissandro Martinez is that his judgment, his preempting of play, his reading of the game is so good that, you know, he would position himself to use his height to his advantage. That's why he has more percentage aerial dual success rates than Gabriel. Despite having the less height on him, he still wins more aerial duels than him. So, no, for me, it, it isn't an issue. But, Mike, you were shaking your head, so... I was me. shaking my head to Mark's comment that that Owen had made a good point. <laughs> so, like Carlos Puel type vibes, is that yeah, what exactly? You're, He's like the perfect the, example. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, the, 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 yeah. I mean, the, the thing from every once in a while something happens or something rumored to happen with Arsenal, and I go completely overboard. It happened with Balogun when they were when they were bringing him through. I thought he was just the next, you know, the next version of Ian Wright. Mm. Uh, not giving up on him yet. It happened when we were almost this close to having Manchi. I mean, to the point where every every podcast I was just screaming out for Manchi. You can't have a guy named the Butcher and have <laughs> me not go completely overboard for this guy as being the, the final link to us in the mm-hmm. Champions League final this season. Um, I mean, to, that guy could bring us to win a, t- a, a, a tournament that we're not even in. Uh, it's just, good. it is interesting though that he is by trade a left foot, a left sided centre back. You know, that is his primary position. And and I think, you know, I wrote about this earlier in the window about how Ben White signing last year should be a signal to us that Arsenal aren't afraid to go out and spend big money on a position that we don't think we're going to go out and spend big money on. And I don't think people had left sided centre back as the area that, you know, we'd be looking to spend that money. Yes, he can play at left back, but hasn't really played that much there. You know, you speak to anyone that, that knows him from Ajax and we've done it for our tactical breakdown shows and, you know, they, they'll tell you he doesn't play there and that's not his best position. Um, and even recommended that they wouldn't play in there, you know. So uh, it, it's not like that's the reason why they're buying him. Defensive midfield, I think, is is more of a reason. I think he's more adept there. He's played there for Argentina against Brazil. You know, it's not like he's not trusted to play that role a lot more than Ben White is. And, you know, I, I can't stand when people say, um, we should put Ben White in midfield because, like, just no, he's not a midfielder. Is, 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 is the butcher better at left back than Granite Jaka would be? That's my question. That, that's, yeah, he that's is. my yes, he is. standard. Because be yeah. you know, I've got high be... standards, as everyone knows. And, um, you know, and and uh, so I need the guy to be better than Granite Jaka. Um, you know, yeah. I, I actually did a little bit of I, – I, for a moment, I was serious, and I actually looked at like what our 25 players should be next season. Uh, this was before 
any of the transfers that happened. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of identified the need for a left-footed left back. I thought that they would go for one. But what, but mm. what I thought was, because it would be kind of a, you know, second team left back, if you want to put it, or, or the Europa or Cup left back, mm. I kind of was thinking that they do a more kind of a guy who's out of contract, who's Premier League experienced and maybe a bit a lot older than the normal profile. And mm-hmm. and I just I saw Ben Mee just sitting there out of contract, relegated, kills us every time he plays us, it seems. Um, yeah, he's 32 or 33, but I was thinking that you know, a one season transition type of thing. If they actually go out and get the butcher and spend the 30, 35 million that they that they would need to on him. I mean, I, that's more than I would have thought. I, I would have thought they would have wanted to devote that money elsewhere. Do, do, do you not think, and this is this is a question for both of you, do you not think that we seen uh, the, mor- the moral benefits of having a tight-knit squad last season were minimum players, and instead of going out, say, for example, and getting a backup left-back, a backup left-centre-back, a backup, you know, uh, number 10 for Martin Udegaard, a backup for Saka, all these numbers, all these bodies coming in, rather cut that list in half and go for versatility, you know, keep that tight knit core group of players that you want to have there. And instead of having, say, for example, Nuno Tavares and whoever you want to cover, Gabriel, mm. Pablo Mari or whoever, one dude to do two of those jobs is, is better, but not only for, for the morale of the team, but for the, the morale of the player who's incoming, because say, for example, uh, Vieira, go, go on to him, he's going to get much more time on the pitch this season, I think, for the the fact he's got the ability to cover central midfield, number ten, right wing, potentially mm-hmm. left wing. He's played as a false nine, you know. So there's you minutes more minutes in this overall. Good question. Um, especially if Rafinha comes in, I think he will, because I think Saka will then find more time on the left um, if Rafinha comes in. So yeah, I would imagine Fabio Vieira may get a lot more minutes than. Than Smith Rowe. Smith Rowe is a really interesting profile for next season because you have to question where his minutes are really going to come from because he was way behind Gabriel Martinelli in the pecking order, you know, for Arteta at the end of last season. So I, I don't know that he was behind him from a from a quality standpoint. I think it was just a no, situational just, thing where, yeah, yeah, yeah. where, where, where he, he showed so much capability to change the game coming in as a sub. Um, you know, you don't take one of your maybe two or three best players and have them play 30 minutes a game as opposed to 80 or 90 minutes a game. I think there's another factor that people aren't considering. But that's like, it's, it's no coincidence that Emile Smith Rowe went out with with COVID and come back and just wasn't the same toward, you know, that second half of the season. I really think that he was struggling from that. Another one more thing before I jump back to you, Mike, and I want to hear you too, because I don't really subscribe to uh, this theory that, Bakay Osaka could be deployed as a as a sort of left central midfielder in, in a number eight position. Uh, I'm not sure about that at all, man. I don't really like it. I'm seeing a lot of people calling for it. What do you two boys think? He played there against Leicester, I think, in an away game a couple of seasons ago at left centre midfield. Um, I'm not saying he couldn't do it, but you know, I was having a chat with um, a colleague of mine, Josh Williams, who wrote, who's the scouting writer at Reach, and we did a show about Rafinha, and he was basically of the minds that he whilst he absolutely loves Rafinha and he rates him very highly he just couldn't quite get his head around why Arsenal were willing to spend 65 million odd quid on a player that is going to come in and play the position that our best player plays in um and then you're going to move Saka uh into a position where he's not as good 
Um, and I do see the, 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 you know, I see it. I see that point. I think it makes a lot of sense because um, he's obviously he's a Liverpool fan. It comes from an outside perspective. And I think that he was kind of questioning, do you think as an Arsenal fan, this is Arsenal in some way preparing for the possible departure of Saka in the near future? And, you know, I don't think, I think it would take a brave person to say that there's no chance Saka goes, you know, so... I think well, yeah, and, and we got the question last night when uh, when Andrew Mangan was on with us. The um, uh, if you haven't watched that, it was a great chat. Go back and watch mm-hmm. it. Um, the uh, you know someone asked, "Is the Rafinha signing, if it really does have legs, is that something that essentially gives us leverage and could be the beginning of the end of Saka being here?" Um, you know, they, as much as I adore him and want him to stay, and I do not want us to sell him, I want us to tie him down right now to a long-term contract, give him 150 a week, or, you know, something like that. Hopefully he'll be happy with that. But, like, as much as I want that to happen, the way you really take the leap, as we've seen in the case of Liverpool, slightly different because the two players they sold for a lot of money didn't want to be there anymore. The way to do that is to, to, to get good replacements to allow them to blossom while you still have the asset and then if you have an asset that's way, way, way overpriced or just very, very valuable, you sell them and reinvest the money in other in other areas. I, I, I hope Saka retires as an Arsenal player and plays 15 amazing legendary years for us. But I think at some point we might have to let somebody go to continue to reload and reload. And, and, and that... You know, I, I'm not concerned with bringing in Rafinha at the same time that Saka's here. Injuries happen, especially in this season, with with essentially playing a game every three or four days for the first five months, and then those players go off to the World Cup. Um, we're going to need strength and strength at every single position, and um, and and so I'm I'm happy that they're signing players and that we're sitting here wondering where the minutes are going to come from. That is so the opposite of what we dealt with. In from you know from January to to May last season, yeah, I think also there's like this misconception around what strengthening a squad is, and I think for a lot of fans it means replacing players, and it just doesn't mean that. Like it, it absolutely means. It sounds like, like a tweet that I recently read. <laughs> yeah, I want to put that. Um, but there's you know the idea of selling Granite Xhaka and bringing in a midfielder if you want to strengthen your midfield. That's you might improve it. You know, it might you might improve on Granite Xhaka. You know, there are midfielders out there you can get that are better than him. But improving your midfield surely should be just bringing in that midfielder and keeping Xhaka as another option. Then you've kept the quality of Xhaka and you've added all of that quality that the new player has brought in as well. And I just, I, I can't get my head around this constant need to replace players always. Yes, in some cases, I absolutely understand it. You know, Pablo Marie... Uh, Nicolas Pepe, you know, these are players that I would replace in the squads, but they're not starters. You know, we should be keeping our starters and trying to upgrade on those starters so those starters become the competitors rather than the easy, comfortable starters in the group. Because that was always why Olivier Giroud and Bellerin and Chesney all got far too comfortable because we didn't have competitors for those positions. Um, And obviously you've seen Giroud go to Chelsea and with competitors really step up his career gone to Milan with competitors we know Zlatan and Rafael Leal there still scoring goals because he's got that competition whereas at Arsenal just kind of petered away you know he wasn't under the pressure that he was at his his other clubs and we need that back and Giroud's not you know never been under pressure when it comes to his looks but 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 you know the Mm. the um 
Liverpool yeah. brings in brings in Diaz when they have Salah. Uh, Absolutely. Nunez when they have Diaz. They brought in Jota when they had Firmino and Sané. Uh, mm. I'm sorry, Mane. Uh, Mane. Mario Sané, we call him. They brought in uh, Thiago when they already had Henderson and Cater and Fabinho. It's, and it's a position that you can do when you when you have a pedigree when you when you're able to sell players for their value and and. You know, it, it's just it, it's the cycle where we hope to be in a few years. And I and I see us headed there. Um, I do want to you know get into these spreadsheets a little bit, but there's two things I really want to quickly take care of. We've got 84 people in the live chat, which is fantastic. Tom, it's all you. I'm sure. Uh, appreciate it. And, um, and and so I do want to say if you have any questions you want to ask of Tom in the remaining, you know, 30, 20, you know, 15, 20 minutes that we have. Uh, please put them in. Uh, I have marked the ones that you guys have already put in there, so we will get to those. If you have any more, just start start the question with Q, and we will come back to it. Um, the uh, the other thing I want to talk about real quick, since we have some faces in here that normally are not here, is that we are in the last six days of fundraising for a specific giveaway. That if you haven't heard about it, it's it's I think it's incredible for Gooners versus Cancer. Uh, this, the on the bottom of the screen has been talking about it the entire podcast, uh, if you've seen that. But the uh, the shirt that we are giving away, we have 120 entries left uh, out of 500 in total. And we're going to cut it off next Thursday, the 30th of, of June, no matter what happens. But this shirt is something that only exists with Gooners versus Cancer. You can't get it anywhere else. And all it takes to get one entry out of the four or 500 that there will be is a $25, which comes to about 19 or 20 quid uh, donation on GoonersVCancer.com, which uh, goes directly to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society to help kick cancer, find a cure, and help families that are dealing with it. And if you are aware of or a fan of Anfield 89 and that entire story at all, you're going to want to have a chance to have this on your wall. So here's a quick one-minute video about what's on offer right now and then i'll talk about the other exciting things that are going on Now you also win the music when you, if you win, <laughs> well, no, the, 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 you get the jersey, you get the shirt, but if you finish it, there's, we're going to then draw for the music and, and the video of me dancing to the music. That's the consolation prize. But um, I mean, I, I, I'm still in awe that that shirt actually came together. It was a offhand request that I made of Alan Smith, who's, who's an incredible friend of the podcast and the charity. And um, yeah, we should, I mean, if you really cared about, curing cancer tom you would have donated a seat at the wedding 
to get to to wow again in fact i'm donating my do you hear cancer tom do you hear it technically i've donated six if you want to really go that far (laughs) (laughs) so so, so then is it is it up to me that where i can donate either mine both of mine yeah yeah you you can be replaced by a stranger at my wedding yes that's (laughs) i would imagine i get even more money if if the winner gets to go to the wedding with stuff and i don't um but uh but yeah so if i mean please check out the website gooners v cancer we we've now put an end on it which is next thursday about a week from right now and we're going to draw the winner next friday night and someone's going to get something that i I, we're hoping to raise we've just about raised ten thousand we're hoping to raise twelve thousand five hundred dollars which is about ten thousand pounds and uh if we get you know we're going to get close to that if we don't get there and I think it's worth a lot more than that. So anybody, the person who wins is going to is gonna have something incredible. Um, the other thing is, and Tom, you'll be very excited to hear this, we are doing the third annual FIFA Gooners versus Cancer Tournament. Uh, uh, screw this. <laughs> yeah, right. Here we you're go. You're going to have to re, re-download the game. No, you're going to have to postpone no. your wedding. Um, so the the dates of the tournament are going to be July 26th to August 4th. Registration is open now. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> registration's open. <laughs> Aren't I so charitable? It's great. Uh, registration's open now. It's open for both Xbox and PlayStation. It's fun. Owen and Tom. Tom didn't have fun uh, either year that he did it, but uh, but most people end up having fun. And uh, well, you didn't you knock off Jake last year? No, I've I've never played Jake. I thought uh, somebody. I, oh no, it was somebody else knocked him off by using. Uh, no, you used Salzburg. Yeah, I used Salzburg and beat a, like beat loads of people. And, but Pat, I, and Pat's and Daka. Scored. I beat Ellis Mill with uh, with Salzburg. I mean, like, I actually, I think what ended up happening. happening his, his his friend Felipe beat him in the semifinals using. Red Bull Salzburg after watching how you did it. So, yeah, um, Daka, yeah, you know, I like the player is very good in it. Yeah. Well, that was when he was still playing for Red Bull. Salzburg. Yeah. They don't really have a pacey striker anymore, unfortunately. So they, well, uh, it wouldn't it, be as it's, good. it's strategy. It's fun. You get to meet people. You're in groups with people from all over the world. It's, it's just really a great time. Um, and all you got to do is, is again, donate $25 or 20 pounds. You can win, uh, tickets to the raffle. You can win cash. You can win Ruth Beck art prizes. Uh, it's just a, it's a really great thing. And to learn more about it and to register, go to GVC. I'm sorry, GVCXbox.com. GVC for Gooners versus Cancer. GVCXbox.com for the Xbox tournament. GVCPlayStation.com for the PlayStation tournament, and learn more about it. And either way, you can constantly get updated on on early bird uh, bonuses, which we have going on in the next two weeks other things going on with Gooners versus Cancer by going to Gooners v. Cancer on both Twitter and Instagram. There's more, but I'm not going to spend any more time talking about it because we need to get into the... uh, Did did we end up really kind of getting your sense of which of those players, including Robbie Savage and Tony the Tiger and all that, that were were true? Yeah, very briefly, I think it'll be... I think Gabriel... I'll push the button and say Rafinha will get done. Uh, really, I'm less, I'm less confident about uh, Lissandro, but uh, I hope that those three come in. I mean, if Arsenal's window ends up being Turner, Marquinhos, 
Fabio Vieira, Gabriel Jesus, Rafinha, Lissandra Martinez. You know, oh. I think we are one signing away from a perfect transfer window, to be honest. So mm-hmm. that'd be unreal. So so let's <laughs> let's go there then, because I've I've I just want to walk everyone through a quick and get your feedback, both of you, on on you know on this, but walk you through the last few years. Now, I've been preaching for a long time that you know transfer kitties and war chests are some of the stupidest concepts because it doesn't work like that. Now, I'm looking at this from an accounting standpoint. I realize when you buy a 72 million pound player in Pepe, whether you're paying upfront, whether you're paying in installments, it's on the books spread over the course of the contract. Uh, But I believe that teams really focus on is not the amount of net spend or buys that you do in a particular window. It's the size of the wage bill. Uh, which is kind of constantly rising and falling depending on expiring contracts, depending on you know renewals, depending on what you pay per week. Now, the wage bill includes things like coach, agents fees, possibly other, you know, you know paying er- you know, Erling Holland's dad 100 million pounds. Uh, I mean, there are other things involved in this, but but you can look from year to year at the constant of it. And, and see some changes that have happened. So here's what I want to kind of show you. This um, is, is that going to end up being too small for people to see? Um, it's certainly kind of too small. No, you me. can see it. Okay. Um, this is the year that Arteta and Adu kind of took over. Well, it's the year that Arteta took over. Um, Adu had been on the job for six months. This was our player wage bill. Uh, on the left is weekly wages. In the middle is the annualized version, and on the right is the amount of the transfer fee from when we originally signed them that we were still paying in that year. And you can see at the bottom that there were four players, including Lucas Perez, and, and you know that, that where we were not paying their wages that year, but we were still paying a transfer fee, uh, the transfer fee amortization. So the key number at the very top: two hundred twenty-two million total bill between annual wages and transfer fee amortization. For a lineup that included such, you know, incredible Arsenal contributors as Mesut Ozil, Abom- well, Aubameyang was a, a good contributor that year. Um, you know, we've got Bellerin in there, Socrates in there, um, you know, just Danny Sabias. I mean, just, just some absolute non-helpers to our team that season. That's that's what they took over, $221 million. We go to the next season. This is when we start buying some players out. Um, and as a result, you start to see some uh, some changes in the wage bill. But it inflates to 242 because we really do still have all that dead wood. We've got Aubameyang's new contract. We've got uh, 32 active players that we're paying and four who we're still paying transfer fees on. 242, 243 million pounds there in the year after they take over. Now here's last year. This is where you start to see the benefit, not on the pitch necessarily, but the benefit financially and structurally of, uh, of of some of the spring cleaning that we did with some of these players that we essentially paid to leave. Aubameyang's fee, his total amount is, is half of what it really was because we got rid of him halfway through the season but paid his wages. So that, you know, we're still at 208 with a squad of, you know, 24 – in January, we got rid of Chambers, Mainsley, 
Kalasinac. So really, this is where we saw our, our thin squad of 20 active players, including goalkeepers, um, which some might argue might have cost us 100 million pounds by missing out on the Champions League. But uh, those are the improvement that's made. So now here's where it stands today. We have 29 players, 30 players actually, including Okonkwo, on the books right now. The ones in yellow are players that we kind of think aren't going to be here when the season starts. Pepe, Bellerin, Leno, Mari, Torreira, uh, Mainsley, Runnerson, Tavares, and Trusty. And I, I apologize if you're listening uh, on iTunes and you're not watching this. It's, it's, it's definitely a visual portion of the pod. But, uh, you know, I'm making some kind of assumptions here that some of these players are going to be out the door. Even though Guendouzi's been sold, he's the one player that doesn't that isn't on our payroll anymore that we're still paying the final year of his of his mm. uh, transfer fee. So that's still on the books. Uh, but where we are right now, the the total wage bill for these guys is now down to 196, and we've got 30 active players and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine that I don't think really anyone thinks that we're going to be having on our first team next season. Any any thoughts or disagreements or agreements on on kind of the assessments I've made uh, here? Because I mean this this is showing first of all that in the last couple of years we've tightened things up a little bit. We still have some some dead wood that isn't going to be that their future isn't at Arsenal, and we brought the wage bill down from you know the overall wage bill down from a height of two forty two to one ninety six, even with these nine players. Yeah, uh, obviously, I think obviously initially it means that there's four slots um, for new signings immediately to make your 25-man squad if those nine players do end up going. And I think they all will. The only one that I think is there's a chance that he may say is obviously Nuno yeah. Tavares. Um, uh, Torreira will go. I have no doubt about Torreira going. Um, Trusty, obviously, is designed to go. That's the reason why we bought him, is so he can basically get a pathway through to Europe at this stage. Um, and all the others are in negotiations with potential deals. Runnison is, is another one that isn't, to be fair. The main he can only loan that guy. Yeah, I know. No one's going to pay his wage at all. 40,000. What were we doing with that? That was mental. I, I, I don't know. I don't Absolutely know. mental. Um, yeah, mainly with Forrest, it seems. Torreira's got Roma and Lazio after him. Uh, Galatasaray as well. I've recently put an interest in him as well. Uh, Pablo Marie's got Hellas Verona and Udinese. Uh, Leno has Fulham. Bellerin has Betis, of course, but also Roma are interested. And Pepe is tricky. <laughs> Pepe is tricky. It, it, uh, it is tricky. There's been inquiries. Sevilla, Lyon and Marseille have all inquired about him, but uh, the French clubs were back in January, uh, so I'm, I doubt they would still have the same interest now. It's the 140,000 that's the problem. You know, getting that off, you, you, you may see Arsenal have to part with some, you know, part pay some of those wages again, unfortunately. Either, either that or except or like we talked about with Aubameyang when we were, you know, when some of us were advocating getting rid of him in a way before it became just mm. desperate to get rid of him. You know, you can either subsidize the wages and accept a 20, you know, a $25 million uh, pound transfer fee, or you can accept a 15 million pound transfer fee mm. and just be done with it. Um, you know, better than having to pay. I don't think we'll end up paying for Pepe to leave, but I think we will end up taking a very cut rate deal 
which, you know, people will whine about how much we lost on the 72. But, guys, that's a sunk cost at this point. Don't even be focused mm-hmm. on that. So, you know, with, with those nine players either loaned or sold, here's where we are. Um, now, this – there's one of one of these that's missing that I that – I, uh, I'm going to I'm going to end up asking you guys to vamp a little bit while I get it back up. But here's here's where if we do either loan or sell these guys. The remaining 21 players and and Tom, you nailed it. There's four players left to get to Arteta's uh, magic number uh, of 25. Our wage bill and our transfer fees, which are, you know, a lot of these dead dead weight players still have transfer fees. It's now down to 163. Remember, it was at 242 mm-hmm. in the first season after Arteta took over. Um, and, you know, and that's if we sell these players that potentially are sellable, maybe these aren't the most realistic thing, but 20 for Pepe, six for Bellerin, eight for Leno, two for Mari, probably won't be, even be that, eight for Torreira, five for Mainsley when we could have gotten 20 for him a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 49 million that comes in on the books right now against the, the the 163 so this is all to just kind of help explain why it isn't the end of the world that we just flushed some of these players down the toilet over the last couple of years both from a from a social standpoint get out of the club before you keep poisoning it further mesit um and, and friends and you know and th- there is a means to the madness of getting rid of of getting rid of wages um, it doesn't make you better, but it makes you better positioned. Mm-hmm. And 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 what the other thing that I uploaded that didn't actually come in here, and I'll show it in a minute, shows what would happen if we signed all of those four special targets that we're talking about. So, um, so so oh, and if you want to get to a user question or two, while I try to bring up that other uh, that other yeah. spreadsheet. That even uh, I'll, I'll i'll touch on that even if, if that's okay just while you oh, do yeah. that man. what i was going to say there is it, it was the old saying that we always used to hear which was paying champions league wages playing europa league football and i think that that's what we suffered for such a long time was the fact that we were almost being held a ransom by mercenaries that knew the club was in a very vulnerable position they knew that the fan base was in a very fragile fragile position and it's very very good to see now you look at um the the highest earners the drop off from thomas Partey at at around 200 grand a week down to nicola pepe who likely won't be here at about 140 and then the next drop down is to about 120 and there's only a a handful of players at, at that 100 grand a week mark so like you said it's about breaking down the entire business model that the club had been operating at for for you know successive years in a row uh, and really getting down because one thing that i really don't like is when clubs bring a player in at too high of a wage because if they gain any kind of success they're going to be wanting some sort of reward for that there so you need to give yourself a little bit of wiggle room to negotiate future contracts and stuff so i think that that's good one thing i'll say as well is that uh when we look at that wage bill, how effective that's been, we often criticise, like you had mentioned, uh, the, the lack of selling that the club has done. But Arteta and Edu in particular have really worked well to bring down that. You know, when you look at that uh, annual uh, outgoings, the, the annual spending each year, how much was it? Was the cuts of eighty? What was it? Eighty million uh, mm. a, a year uh, deduction in the case of two years, which is just 
which is a phenomenal amount to savings, you know. So it's no wonder I think that when KSE are looking at numbers, and trust me, that's probably all they care about is numbers. When they're looking at the savings that these guys are starting to make, maybe that is why they're starting to get the backing that we're seeing now with these links to the players that we're seeing at the, at the prices that, that they're uh, being advertised as. It'd be interesting to know where that leaves Arsenal in terms of kind of the Premier League table of um, of wage bills as well. If we were able to do that, um, and how I would, how I far would say probably United sixth. Are. I'd say probably yeah. like like the top six. It leaves us with one of the lowest wage bills. I know Spurs have a very good wage structure. Um, that yeah, might change this summer. To be fair, with some of the signs they're doing under Conte, but. You know, Man United is a joke. You know, what they pay their players oh. is disgusting. Um, you just look at what some of those players are. The fact that they were paying Alexis what he was on when he was there, like that just told you, like having Maguire's wage. They, they've got, got like 12 people over 200 grand. We now, yeah, have, mental. We now have one person at 12, uh, 200 grand. And we're and, finishing and, above them comfortably, like, yeah. you know. It's it it shows you how poorly run that club has been. But this is this is what this is sometimes what bugs me with the argument of Arteta's spent, if you want to say Arteta, two hundred and fifty odd million, and we're still fifth. This is the, this is the problem I have with that argument is because we misspent in the market so badly up until the point in which Arteta was appointed, you know, at the club that we were in a position where. It was going to take years to arrest the problems that had crafted that awfully sculpted team from a financial perspective. Yes, there were still some good signings. Yes, there were still some good players. You know, you know, you look at Kieran Tierney as, as a, an obvious example of that. But overall, you look at our starting eleven potential for next season, and you take away Tierney and the, and the graduates, and they're all Arteta players. You know, they are all players that we've looked to bring in off the back of this new regime rejig the wage bill, rejig the average age of the group. And and people want to criticise and say we're going down Project Youth when we could have gone to try and win in that moment. But we didn't have the infrastructure or the foundations, in my view, to just do it at that point. And I think that we've spent 250 grand to go from the fifth under Unai Emery to the fifth that we finished in last season under Arteta. But they are night and day in terms of fifth place finishes. The, oh. the, fifth, the fifth place under Emery was just we were on a still that you know that still on that slide going downwards and you saw that where we were eleventh by the time that Arteta took over. If that the season we're in, if that season had gone on for another month we would have finished seventh. Oh <laughs> absolutely and like the fifth that we finished in last season was a hair's breadth a parte injury away from fourth place a fourth place that bet that the smallest of percentage of Arsenal fans thought we were going to get Champions League last season let alone be in the race for it. You no know, one so, that we no one that we interviewed before the season in our in our pot of time. I said 20. fifth. I, I said got, I thought we had the fifth best squad. And to be honest, after January, we had the sixth best squad. So, you, you know. Had, you and Jake said fifth. One other person said fourth. And other than JJ, who I love, who said that we were going to win and Tottenham was going to get uh, relegated, um, those were the only two people that said higher than sixth. So, you know, yeah. so I, but yet our season was a failure, I suppose. And, it, but, and it, yeah. yeah, and it bugs me because, you know, I, obviously I do the show with the boys on the lounge and this isn't to dig them out because, I, you know, I respect their opinion. But when we did the shows and, you, and Shaheen and Mo, I think, were talking about, they thought we were going to finish seventh and eighth in the league. And then we fight for fourth. And then there's still this overriding criticism 
of what we did and the missed opportunity. I guess that I, I get that we missed an opportunity. I do, but we created the opportunity for ourselves. We earned that right to be yeah. there. It wasn't. No, 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 Tom. Because because United sucked and and Leicester sucked oh. and everyone else gave that to us. Now, I there's a difference between failure and disappointment. And and what yeah, this season absolutely. was, especially the last month of it, was a massive disappointment. But what the season was not was a failure. And and that's a, again, that's a whole different discussion to 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 get to get into. Um, a couple quick comments, and then I have that uh, that thing to show. Uh, I have that thing to show to you guys that I've been meaning to show to you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, from uh, from Gunnar Craig, uh, thank you for the super chat. I appreciate it. Sign Tom as our tall striker. Why not? I mean, he is a target man. I've 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 crossed a lot of things over to him. I am the Vout Veghorst of the Arsenal podcasting world. <laughs> not a lot of movement. You're, you're, can, more, you know. you're more Peter or Petter Crouch, uh, I think. In, in uh, Peter Crouch, yeah. Because you oh, have no, a good I sense you, of humor. Kaya is the Peter Crouch of the Arsenal. Yes, know, that's true. That, that is yeah. true. Uh, Amir, want, uh, Amir uh, has missed a few morning shows and therefore wants to have a, a, a personal one-to-one conversation with you through our podcast. Uh, would you like to tell him how you are, man? I'm very good, Amir. I hope you're doing well, my friends. Beautiful. Well. All right. So um, we we are going to rapid fire through your questions now, because. We, uh, but but I do want to just bring up the one thing I wanted to bring up here, which is... Super Chat, by the way. Don't forget that. Yeah. Ah, I, I haven't seen it. Um, Oh, and that's you. That's on you. Um, so here's with all rumored purchases here. Um, let me enlarge that. I don't know if I can enlarge that. I cannot. So here's the same 21 players, and I've added four in there. I've added from the bottom up. I've added Gabi Jesus. I'm assuming a 50 million five-year transfer and contract. He's currently on 90. I'm putting him on 200. Uh, Rafinha, I'm assuming a 60 million transfer. He's on 63 now. I'm assuming 125. Um, mm. Yuri Tielemans, I, I know what you've said about them, but you know, so so this could be someone else. But yeah, I'm assuming a 25 million transfer fee, and he's on 33 now. So I'm giving him 75. <laughs> and then um, and then the butcher. Um, <laughs> I was wondering for a second what was the T, and then I realized what it was. Yes, the butcher. Uh, the is his first name, and someone asked earlier if if the butcher signed a contract, would I get his name on the back of my shirt? And and I think I might actually have to do that. The butcher on the back of the shirt, not 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 Martinez. Um, yeah, he, he, I'm assuming 35 million for him. He's on 43 now, so let's call it 80. Well, and and, and I'm you know I might be off, but the but the yeah. if, if I'm off on the transfer fees, divide everything by five because we're signing young players on five year contracts. So now we've got these additional fees on here. We still have these players that were paying their, their their transfer fees, but not their wages. And the total number now is up to 222,177. Now, when you compare this squad of 25 at 222 overall to this squad of 32 mm. at 242 overall, I know there's some hindsight in there, but I mean, does that not feel like the right place to be? Yeah. Uh, and when you consider that in that time, we've gone from, as I said, a fifth place that was on a slide to a fifth place that was nearly Champions League qualification. I think it highlights how even more impressive that season and that, you know, 
without using the words, but using the words, how impressive the process, you know, has kind of been. Um, I mean, all we have left in this process is to win something. Like, like, like that yeah. is kind of the most important thing. But, but I do, I do think it's hard to deny that this is going someplace. And for anyone, mm. you know, if you just want to say, oh, three years, a lot of saved money, and we're still in fifth place. I mean, my God, just, just. Just, just start your. I mean, just start your own YouTube channel. I'm sure you already have. You know, you'll get lots of hits for, for that opinion. But it, it's just so, it's so blind to the reality of the situation that's actually happening. Um, you know, Arteta finishing eighth in his first season as a drop from fifth. But when he took over the club, it was twelfth. Um, so, like, like there, there is a trend that's happening here. So, I don't want to sound too much like an apologist and. You know, but Mo and I have, uh, you know, we are at some point going to be having a discussion mm. about owner investment, which yeah. is a completely different issue, um, but should be fun. Thank you, Luke Morrison, by the way. Uh, first time viewer of this show. It's not always this good, uh, but but you'll find that out. Tom mentioned he was going to be on earlier. Thank you, Tom, for doing that. I was wondering where all the people came from. Uh, but uh, on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> And we're oh, on yeah. a roll too because I think Dublin Gunner said something along the lines of, "Where well, let me see, can I get that comment? He basically said, I'll rough it. There we go. Here we go. I've actually learned something watching this pod. How did that happen? <laughs> Usually the only thing a person learns is is like how much could a guy actually drink in an hour? We're the um, love island of Arsenal podcasts. You get more yeah, stupid. You know, than imagine you if you'd have done this at eight o'clock, you could have had triple the views. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's true. You know, I, I, I didn't realize I don't want to go up against Sophie's pod, but I really mm. should be more worried about going up against Love Island. Genuinely, it's, it's why I will never pod at nine o'clock while, while it's on. It's a joke. <laughs> it takes so much viewership. It's mental. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's whip through some of these user questions. Do you, do you have about another 10 mm. minutes? Mm-hmm. Okay, beautiful. Um, so let's see. We have some comments. Harvey said, with all the barbecue, Ed, you do. And you do. We could use a butcher at Arsenal. That's a good point. Uh, Daniel uh, Robert expressing my, the exact thing I was railing against, which is we've saved all that money and moved up the table three places. Daniel always always on the front edge of, of common sense. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? We have a question. For a minute, I thought you were talking about the wedding tables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have, have I, now, now, I put you at the best possible table for the Football Content Awards. Have you done the same for me? What do you mean you put me? I paid 150 on quid for a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting a wedding present? Calm down. Honestly, when me and Mike were looking at the prices to go to the Football oh. the football Content Awards that we were nominated for, like... Yeah. And won stuff at. <laughs> it was yeah, mental... Yeah. It, it, it was it, it was insane. If you are but, gonna but, you go, know, you gotta go the, the full full thing. I, I, oh. I can't I can't believe how much money we spent on that, but it was so and then judges it. ate our bread. Yeah, yeah. We didn't even get our own bread rolls because judges <laughs> ate everything on the goddamn table. And uh, and, 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 and he's a, yeah, and then goes up on the stage to an accepted award that 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 he wasn't even gonna go to the thing. That's one of the most fun nights I've had in a long, long time. That was very good. I enjoyed it. So I just—I've never walked into a hotel and thought I don't belong here so much (laughs) that I did when I walked into that place. Everything was gold and mirrors. It was was ridiculous. It was was a big time. I mean, now I know where all that money went, and and, and, you know, frankly, we paid for that gold. (laughs) We did. 
<laughs> we did get a lot more than the promised half bottle of wine. Uh, we, I was we mainly Elliot that, that did that, to be fair. That's true. Well, do you, do you, rem do you remember? Sorry about this, this kind of. Do you remember when, did, was it judges or damn pots that asked, like, like the waiter, like, asked him to go get us like drinks that he, I mean, it was, you were supposed to go to the bar to get your drinks. Yeah. And, and Dan, Dan Potts is sitting there going, uh, waiter. waiter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that fucking AFTV money's going to his head, man. He's just, he's... Two priorities, please. Two priorities. He's like a wild goose chase for, for, for Jack Daniels or something like that. <laughs> I think, I think the guy got sacked that night. Um, yeah, he's so, got a gob to be fair. Fair play to him. <laughs> Wandering minstrel. Do you think now more than ever, after club and player agree terms, agents are pivotal in deal pivotal in deals going through, slowing things down? How can clubs deal with this and speed things up? Uh, by becoming very good friends with the agents. That's that's why. Um, look, you know, we know that George Mendes was involved heavily with the Fabio Vieira deal. Um, I this isn't a fact. This is just me theorizing. Um, but I think one of the reasons why you saw that deal go so under the radar was because of a lot of work by George Mendes under the radar. Uh, I think that's why that deal went as quiet as it did. I think George oh, George, uh, was a lot more involved in, in the reasons why that was quite quiet. Yeah. Again, that's alleged. I don't know for facts. That's just me theorizing. All right. Uh, question for me from Gunnar Craig. Uh, Mike, should we convince Balogun to switch to the U.S.? Fuck yeah! I mean, that guy would instantly become our our World Cup starting. He, he did nine. tweet. Did you see his tweet? He when he went back and he put "I'm home" when he went back to New York. So and he would save himself the misery of getting smashed up for, and it'll be fucking hungry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, at least we win games. No, um, honestly, Southgate out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's coming home and i've got like i've got two different options for coming home this time but uh but yeah balogun i think that would be perfect he'd come in and and, and dominate that you know he balogun's balogun against like costa rica in the in the world cup qualifiers i'm sorry it's, it's over um we actually only have two more questions so we're going to be we're going to be done in a couple minutes mm -hmm. harvey asks will holding leave if we sign martinez mm -hmm. i don't we could sign nine center backs and holding would not leave well, this is the thing is I think you're right, but I have said on the pod that I was like, just holding's the one to keep an eye on as a surprise exit this summer. I think he's yeah. the one you need to look at. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, he's homegrown. He's under a long-term contract. He, he's worth something. I'll tell you what, if Everton are going to pay 20 million for Harry Winks, then, you know, surely. I had surely. that thrown in my face this morning as another kind of anti-Arsenal business. Oh, yeah. thing. Who, no. who threw that in your face out of interest? It, um, it was one of the usual suspects in the away days chat. Um, I had judges throw it at me today. It, was, it wasn't. <laughs> no, maybe, no, maybe it was. Uh, maybe it was judges in our chat. Yeah, but yes, it mm. was actually. As a matter of fact, uh, I'll out the guy. But yeah, the um, it is kind of a little bit nuts though, because the guy's twenty six. He's he's really not ever featured, and if he's worth fifteen million pounds and Mainsley isn't, I don't really understand. This <laughs> Uh, um, we don't have a good reputation for selling, whereas Spurs have a, a better reputation. It mainly was worth twenty million, like two, and we didn't take it. Mm. So you can't really. Yeah, I, I didn't want us to take it, but I also didn't want us to freeze him out after not taking it. I mean, that doesn't. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's that's one I wish I could have back. And the final question from Mark New Words. Mark New Words. Oh, I get it. 
Mark my words. Um, I mean, if that's his actual name, I'm going to feel bad now. But oh, yeah, very good. I didn't even get that. Uh, <laughs> I was just trying more words. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend called Look at My Ace. Um, now, if you only get one, which one would you pick, Lissandro or Rafinha? Oh, such a good question. Uh, I think I go with players completely different. You know. Involved I think in I'll go with Rafinha because I just think the big issue last season was goals, you know, and I'd like to strengthen it. <laughs> Why have you highlighted that? <laughs> please don't be watching. Please don't be watching. Please don't be watching. <laughs> Why would you want to be squeezed into a table? Like, 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 I'd rather sit next to the table. That, that doesn't seem very fun. But oh, all right, okay. sorry. So, so, so you're you're, you're saying Rafinha? I'm Rafinha. Or, yeah. I'm going Rafinha over the two. I just think oh, that's such a mad signing. Rafinha is such a mental signing for Arsenal to make this summer. That'd be really a madness. That'd be a madness. Yeah. Can it only be a madness if it's 80 million pounds or more, or, or, or can it be a madness? Less of a madness <laughs> if it goes for 80 million. But yeah, I say 60 is fifth. Hopefully, we can get him for the 55 plus 15 add ons because Euros that works out about 60 million pounds. So yeah. Uh, I, th I think that's if it's if it is true that the 55 plus 15 which i think is a whole itk guesswork um but if it is if that is turns out to be the case i'm happy with that you know i i i know i said that that was the last question but we've gotten one in from, from dublin gooner that is so good i have to ask it <laughs> no, um, he's not gonna answer it <laughs> we love dublin we love john he's a he's a friend of the channel friend of uh friend of the, the charity if you could cancel three Arsenal-related YouTube channels, which would they He's be? He's going to say us, for sure. Well, well, well yeah. I, the, the real question is, if you could cancel this one and two others, which would the two others be? <laughs> Look, I don't believe in cancelling people. Okay, let me rephrase it better, okay? If we were all the Arsenal podcasters were on a boat, the Titanic, <laughs> the Titanic, let's say, and it sunk, and you had a lifeboat and the, who would was, I say you have there, two wasn't, there, was, there wasn't enough room for three Arsenal podcasters who are you not saving are you saying podcasters or shows the Arsenal yeah so the question is Arsenal um well to be an Arsenal related channel you have to be an Arsenal fan so that does narrow it down um quite considerably um I would therefore <laughs> I feel so bad I'd have to chuck John the Arsenal Miami podcast because he doesn't produce podcasts anymore. That's fair. That's a good way of avoiding the answer with it. Yeah. John will be at the wedding, so I can apologize in person, but I have to put the Arsenal Miami podcast in there because he doesn't produce podcasts. So, you know, sorry, John. Um, another one. Um, this is so personal. I hate it. <laughs> I mean, don't blame us. Blame, blame, fucking love know, this. blame Ireland. Oh, oh, mate. I can't think of anyone. <laughs> I actually can't think of anyone that I don't, like, you know, that I, I don't think, I don't think should be an Arsenal podcaster. Um, is is oh. Tom looking at the screen right now? I can't tell. No, I'm not. You can't cancel judges. No. <laughs> no I'm just kidding. I fucking love that guy. Danny's, Danny's helped what? me out. Danny says I should cancel a Burkhart Wonderland because he needs a rest. So that's... So and, then we, and, then we, and then we can bring the Sunday roast over to the Gooners podcast, you know, where, where it belongs. Um, I'm trying to think of anyone who's like... A dick? Other than the oh, obvious. Oh, fuck. That was bad timing. <laughs> <laughs> 
flashed up my mom. Um, I'm trying to think of anyone who's actually kind of called me out, um, other than the obvious. Um, do you want me to do it for you? I can no, do it. I don't care. No. And we're not, no, because we can't say his name. But all right, you know what? I'm going to let you off the hook. And I'm feeling generous because we're at 69 live viewers in the pod, and that's that's got me completely right. now distracted. So, uh, so yeah, we're, that's we're a better let you... way. Sorry, let me let me cancel these first. Arse blog and Arsenal Vision simply to take out your competition. There you go. You've got a free. Uh, pod yeah, I was going to say when Nikolai put that in the chat and put TGT Arse blog and Vision, I was like, you've read the rumor at all. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't can't do that. Uh, uh, but Nikolai Krustev is here for the first time. Uh, love you guys uh, coming in and finding about the pod. We're podcasting every day throughout the summer. We have Sophie Nicolau on tomorrow night. Uh, not quite sure what uh, what Nicolau means by too bad for the Highbury squad, but she'll be on tomorrow night for our week view, which is a show that you don't want to miss. Uh, but uh, we are not canceling anybody other than probably eventually and inevitably ourselves. Um, but uh, this has been season seven episode eight of the gunner's pod if you love the show if you hate the show if you think you might want to watch again uh like subscribe i almost always forget to say that stuff because i forget that we're actually like a channel but like subscribe tell your friends follow us gunner's uh pod at on twitter gunner's v cancer on twitter um and uh we're just trying to have some fun love the arsenal have some uh you know some community here and and talk to great, you know, great young fetuses like Owen and Tom. And uh, Tom, where can we find you? Because your your name and your tag on here doesn't have enough information about where we can find you. <laughs> <laughs> the, the self PRs never, the game's never been weaker. Um, uh, yeah, you can find me every morning at eight AM uh, UK time over on the Guna Talk uh, on YouTube. You can find me on the Arsenal Way at ten AM every day as well. Uh, and I'm trying to think of anywhere else, but I think that's it. Um, and obviously you'll see me sometimes when Mike's kind enough to invite me over here. The Judges TV, Sophie's Hybrid Squad, Dan Potts' new channel. I think it's called the 12th Man Podcast, I think. Football's 12th Man, yeah. Football's 12th Man, there you go. Uh, the Arsenal Lounge, of course, Harry Simu's channel. Uh, we do a Canton and Simu show every week, uh, alternating on each other's channels. So lots of... That's so unnecessarily loud. So unnecessarily loud. That's ridiculous. And I had to make it fill the whole screen, so I apologize. You are not actually... Was that Owen that time? <laughs> Fucking eardrums are falling out my ass. <laughs> All right, well, uh, thank you for joining us, Tom. It's always great to talk to you. Owen, Pleasure. Um, I hope to see you tomorrow night. I know you're not committed to it, but... Uh, but would, would, would love to pull off the double if you're not playing pool with one of your kids. And um, and that's it. I'm, I got to go change my clothes and go to the theater tonight um, with my lovely bride. So I'm going to do that now. Thank you all for joining us. And come on, you gooners. I'm about to enter Georgia. I have just...